G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. My guests in the studio are Pastor Carl Botha from City Changes Australasia and Pastor Alan Platt from City Changes International. And he's the founder of the Doxa Deo Church Family International. Uh, We're going to find out a bit of their story today. Let's start with Pastor Alan Platt. For those who haven't heard of your ministry, tell us a bit about where you were born and raised and uh, how you got into ministry. Thanks, Matt. What a joy. Uh, joy to see you all on Facebook and uh, <laughs> uh, to speak to the nation. Uh, yes, uh, South African. Uh, realized from a very early age that I wanted to work for God mm-hmm. and uh, became a pastor uh, in a local church as a youth pastor. And then in 1992, took leadership of a church in Pretoria, South Africa, that became Doxadeo now planted in various places in the world. And from that base, we created something called City Changes. Mm -hmm. And City Changes is really just the platform for dialogue to help churches, unity movements, leaders to engage community and society at large. And I know that you're going to be speaking at a number of events while you're here in Australia. Uh, What's the heart of the message that you're bringing about City Changes? Well, we really believe that the church is God's instrument of grace to communities and uh, that the church needs to discover something of a missional understanding of their calling Mm. and uh, shift from perhaps being uh, this enclave that has isolated itself from the community to ask the question, how could we become more incarnational Mm. within the context of our world? Mm, wonderful. And I know you've authored a number of books and uh, been involved in uh, lots of media over the years. Tell us a bit about some of the books you've done. Yeah, two books. Uh, so it's not that many. Uh, <laughs> still have a lot of them in my heart, but two books out in the market. The one is called Not Do But Done. It's this understanding that we work from the completed work of Christ and that we were included in the greatest moment in history when Jesus said, it is finished, mm-hmm. it is done, and uh, it's from that premise that we engage and that we function. And so the second book is called City Changes, and really just uh, a book that tries to help people to understand how to better posture themselves to become a faithful and a fruitful presence of Christ within their context. Mm, wonderful. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you with us in the studio. Welcome to Australia, mate. Thank you. And also over here, my buddy, Pastor Carl Botha from City Changes Australasia. We've met together a couple of times, and That's I know right. a bit of your story, but for those who haven't heard your story, tell us a bit of your background. Great. Grew up in the church and then ministered for a few years. Met Alan Platt 35 years ago. Okay. And we became friends, buddies, and uh, we've seen incredible things happening in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so we are so excited about our journey together and just to see that uh, the doors are opening for us worldwide. Mm-hmm. And just the concept of of working together in regions and trust the Lord for greater, greater uh, impact in, 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 in regions. Mm. 
not only for one church to try it on its own, but to take hands with other churches. Mm. And that's what's making me ex- excited about this journey. And we've seen it in Doxa Day. We worked as teams. And, and it is as if the Lord is busy raising teams worldwide, mm-hmm. working together for greater impact. Mm, wonderful. Well, it is so good to be able to welcome a couple of South Africans in the studio. And I'm sure you're pretty happy about the rugby, hey? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up earlier. By, <laughs> By the grace of God. And I understand that the captain is a born-again Christian. Yes. Tell and, us a bit of his and, story. Yeah. And quite a few of them on the team. But yeah. the captain's story is Absolutely just amazing. You can actually get that on on Facebook where uh, his story is available. But was born in dire poverty. His mother, 15 years old, as a school kid, gives birth to him, doesn't know what to do with him. He lands up at a grandma's home and in total poverty grows up to become ultimately the, the, the one that leads the the Springbok team to victory. Yeah, it's a, it's just an amazing story. But he has an incredible testimony. Yeah, incredible yeah. testimony of how his life changed, and uh, he's a very very committed Christ follower. Mm. Well, I know that there's lots of. Uh, Aussie listeners, Kiwi listeners, and British listeners that are probably still mourning and grieving, uh, but are rejoicing with you, brother, Yes, for the, for the exciting win that you guys had. And uh, I really think that um, they're probably going to make a movie out of this, do you reckon, hey? I think it would be a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is a great story. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a marvellous story. Yeah. Well, let's get to our topic for today, Pastor Alan. Uh, I have just learned a little bit about City Changes recently and the movement that's begun. Uh, It's in many nations now, uh, what what you guys have started. And let's start start with the problem. So the biggest problem is is that many churches are like silos. They just operate on their own time, doing their own thing, and they don't connect with the church down the street. They don't connect with the church in the next suburb. and they only connect with the ones that are the same as them. Uh, but we're actually called to be one. You know, Jesus prayed and said, I pray that those who believe in me would be one as I and the Father are one. We're actually meant to be united together. And this is so close to my heart. I've been part of the National Day of Prayer team in Australia for many years, an interdenominational group. This Christian radio ministry is interdenominational. We work among all the denominations. But sadly, there's still a lot of churches that don't talk to each other. We need to unite. Just speak to that for us, huh? Well, we love to go around and challenge uh, churches and leaders in particular to move from what we call your ecosystem to the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And uh, in essence, it's, it's not just uh, the church coming together in unity. It's every church understanding the mission. Mm. Uh, when you read John 17, the prayer that mm. you have just referenced, uh, you know, Jesus prays there. It's called the high priestly prayer just before he's about to die. And it's a beautiful prayer where he's speaking to the father. But in essence, Jesus petitions the father just for two things. The first one is, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of this world. As you have sent me into the world, I send them into the world. It's, it's all about mission to the world. And then the second petition that he brings to the Father is, Father, that they might be one. Mm. And and then he connects it again to mission, that the world will know. 
mm. that you have sent me. And, you know, once we start understanding this mission of Christ that, uh, you know, he, he wants us to make this discovery that uh, through the ages he loved Babylon as much as he loved Jerusalem. And, you know, the people of Jerusalem discovered that when he's, he was instrumental to see them become exiles in Babylon. And they're praying, Lord, take us out of this place. We hate Babylon. You know, Babylon was the antitype of Jerusalem 450 times at least in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, and, and the people of Jerusalem postured themselves against Babylon. And the unthinkable happens. The Babylonians come and conquer them. Take them all the way, 1,200 kilometers, all the way to Babylon. They're sitting there, and the Babylonians come to them and say, we hear you guys sing such beautiful songs. Would you sing us a song? And then their statement is, by the rivers of Babylon, how can we sing a song in a strange land? You know, by implication, they were saying, how can we exercise our spirituality in Babylon? We have to go back to Jerusalem. We have to go back to the sacred space. And God speaks to them in that situation and says, uh, seek the peace, the shalom of the city to which I have brought you captive. For in its peace, you will have peace. And once a church starts to recognize that's our calling to bring shalom to our city, you recognize you can't do it alone, no matter how big you are, no matter how large your church has grown, no matter how many activities you have serving the city, you can't do it alone. And once we start recognizing that God is calling us together for impact, it, it changes everything. And uh, that's what we're trying to help the church to understand. And uh, there are some strategic processes that are helpful uh, to facilitate this unity process that we, we trust even as we communicate that in this season here uh, in this beautiful city, uh, not just here in Brisbane. We've been to various other cities and still will go to some cities in, in Australia in the next uh, week or so. We're talking about how City Changes is gathering churches together in kingdom partnership uh, with a vision to see transformation in our cities and uh, the importance of unity, whether it be in business, education, social society spheres. We want to see the church unite and make an impact on the city that they're in. You're welcome to call through and join the conversation on 1-800-316-316. And we've got uh, Eris from Brisbane. How are you, mate? Uh, yes, Matt. you got yes. a question or a comment? Uh, yes, I agree that um, all churches should be one. There's a non-denominational because they tend to put their own people, uh, personalities in the church. They've got their own ideas, and the focus is on the Bible. Very good thoughts. Uh, your thoughts, Pastor Alan? Yeah, the uh, fact of the matter is we realize that there are many expressions within the body of Christ, and that there might be a big difference between unifying and unity. Because unity really is about a spirit. It's about a, an attitude. It's about humility. And uh, many times people are under the same brand, but they don't have unity. Uh, so the fact is we, we're not talking about unifying, laying down your, your particular uh, tribe or reference. But we are talking about a heart that is 
is postured in a way that you are prepared to take hands with others. And the fact is we, we realize that many times our interpretations of certain things would differ. But we do not have to see eye to eye on everything to walk hand in hand on many things. And so we're talking about let's come together around the things that we know are the absolutes, not necessarily the interpretations and the assumptions. But what are those absolutes that bind us together and then form something of a unity in the spirit where we together can trust God to see things change? You know, when we're talking about unity in mission, we're not just talking about doing stuff together. We're asking the question, what can we change if we did it together? Mm. So it's more of an outcomes focus than an activity focus. What can we as kingdom representatives make a difference in in our cities if we did it together. Mm. Absolutely. I remember learning at Bible College that we need to major on the major things and minor on the minor things uh, because not everyone will agree. Um, I'm the only one that's got it all right. That's uh, right. No, no, just joking. <laughs> just joking. Because the thing is, uh, if we talk about our differences, we, we, you know, it'll turn into an argument. Let's talk about what we do agree on. We agree on the gospel. We agree on reaching out and caring for the poor. We agree on, you know, city transformation. Let's focus on the big things. I love what you're saying. Uh, great. Uh, thank you so much for your call, Eris. Uh, if you'd like to call through and join the conversation, maybe you've got a question or a comment for Pastor Alan Platt from City Changes or uh, Pastor Carl Botha from City Changes Australasia, call through now, 1-800-316-316. Erid from Moranbar. How are you, mate? Hey, good morning. Nice listening to you, buddy. Thanks. How can we help? And yes, I, I really need your help. Yes. Now, I've been a listener to this program and also subscribe to this uh, Today program for many, many years. And I very do appreciate the great job you guys do out there and impacting a lot of our li- ordinary lives in Australia in and around the, the, in the remote areas. And this is far more greater impact. And on that, that thanks for that firstly. And secondly, I would like to say that, um, you know, if you see the Bible history, and go back to the times of Jesus when he walked through and he preached. Many people, they wanted to be taught, work, and his lifestyle changed a lot of people. Just by him being around, you know, there were some accusers of him, but today when I see a lot of churches, they're not preaching the pure gospel about sin, against sin. That is the dilemma that is they're preaching only about goodness, the blessings, the prosperity but missing the things that can able to penetrate a person's life, take the core of the sin out, set a life free, and walk in freedom. Mm, good questions there. What are your thoughts, uh, Pastor Alan? Yeah, I think, you know, we recognize that the gospel has come to set us free from sin. Mm, mm. The, the sin's result has been guilt and shame. And uh, thank God that through Christ's redemption, uh, humanity has been set free. We have seen this divine exchange take place where uh, he became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, however, if you uh, really look at the message of Jesus, the Bible teaches very, very clearly that Jesus went all over preaching the kingdom of God. The lordship, the authority, the presence, the the influence of God within society. 
And I think we shouldn't shrink the gospel because uh, many times we, we see how people just focus on the sin issue. And really, it's a much bigger issue. It's the lordship of Christ coming into society, coming into the lives of people, transforming individuals and uh, transforming communities. Uh, one of the most fascinating statements about Jesus uh, is when the Bible says he was a friend of sinners. Uh, now, just get, wrap your mind around that. Here is the most holy man that ever walked on this planet. And the Bible says sinners wanted to be with him. Wow. They wanted to hang with Jesus. They wanted to be with him. Why? Not because there was this judgmental, condemn kind of posture that Jesus had, but they wanted what he had. Mm. And then when John introduces us to Jesus in the Gospel of John, uh, he starts with his divinity and then he gets to verse 4 where he says, And in him was life. Yeah. And the life was the light to the world. Mm. Uh, there was something in Jesus that became this attractive reference. And let me just wrap it up by saying, in, uh, John continues to document Jesus' life, and he gets to chapter 10, and then he quotes Jesus as Jesus shares his own life mission statement in verse 10. He says, I have come that you might have life. And this is what we take to the world. We take to a world, not this condemnation, but we take to the world life where they desire to have what we have. Mm, very good news. Well, we're hearing from Pastor Alan Platt from City Changes International. And if you'd like to call through and join the conversation, you can call now on 1-800-316-316. Thank you so much for your call, Eric. And we've got Emma from Port Ferry. How are you, Emma? Hello, Max. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. How can we help today? Oh, yeah. I would like to ask one question, please. Okay, go for it. Well, I was curious and, and I was wondering who was the one who uh, did the writing in the, for the Bible? Who's the one that wrote the Bible? Yes. Good question. That uh, is a good question. I know Emma is a new Christian who's come to the Lord recently through Vision Radio, and she's been baptized recently. Um, so good question, uh, Pastor Alan. Who wrote the Bible? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> We've got half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we do know is the Bible was written by various authors over many, many years. And uh, the amazing thing about the Bible is that it has one meta-narrative, God's engagement with humanity, where, where we see creation, we see fall, we see redemption, and we see restoration. And every one of the contributors of the Bible reinforce this understanding that God intervened when man failed and he has brought a uh, redemption to humanity through Jesus Christ and has, has made it possible for us to live now as we read the Bible to be inspired by the understanding of God's intent for our lives. 
And so there are various uh, authors, uh, but one story, and it's a beautiful story of God's goodness and grace with humanity. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your call, Emma. If you'd like to call through and have a chat, phone lines are open now, 1-800-316-316. We've got a few minutes till we go to the news, Pastor, da- uh, Pastor Allen. I'd love to know a bit more about the work you're doing in Florida. Tell us about that. Yes, well, um, you know, uh, it started with a crisis, really. Uh, One of the largest churches in the USA went through a crisis, lost their leader through a difficult circumstance, and uh, they fast-tracked a younger leader to take leadership of a very complex uh, church, a church with incredible reach within the community, the biggest Christian school, the biggest orphan program, the biggest, biggest of many. And uh, they have a thousand people full time on staff. Wow. That gives you an idea of the, <laughs> the magnitude of this, this ministry. And uh, some of our mutual friends in that area asked me if we would come and just spend three months with the new leader, just helping him find his feet as he navigated this uh, new reality. Well, it was in that time uh, of spending some time there uh, that I uh, had the privilege of connecting with some of the leaders in the region. And we brought them around a table and asked this question, you know, if one of our best leaders could go down, how's it going with your soul? And, and you know, uh, they opened up their, their hearts to us to start ministering to them as leaders from different denominations um, we then said, why don't we come together and journey with one another? And it was 12 key leaders that came together initially uh, from different denominations, which was just phenomenal. There was a great humility around the table. We actually encouraged them and said, you know, leave your ego and your logo at the door. <laughs> come sit around the table and let's just journey together as leaders, recognizing that healthy leaders will lead healthy churches who will be able to impact the health of our communities. Well, that journey ultimately led uh, to them asking us to come over to the Florida region and settle there and help them architect what is now called Church United. And Church United now incorporates a few hundred churches of which at this stage it's the most amazing process where they have identified uh, common goals that they're working together towards in three dimensions, spiritually, socially, and systemically or culturally, asking the question, what is the lostness, what is the pain, and what is the brokenness of our region, and what could we change if we did this together. Mm. As a matter of fact, this particular month, if you go onto their website, churchunited.org uh, or Florida, um, you will find that there, there are over 70 churches preaching one sermon series for four weeks. Wow, that is wonderful. Where mm-hmm. they are now talking uh, together uh, every Sunday on the same topic, and they're advertising this in the city to say this week... This is what we're going to talk about at a church near you. Wow, that is fantastic. Isn't that amazing? You know, so the the community is now aware the church is working together. And uh, Pastor Alan, we were talking a bit about the incredible work that you're doing in Florida. Uh, Churches uniting together, 
uh, on the same page. What, what a great example uh, that Australia needs to learn from. Uh, but the other, let's take it down to the individual. What's your advice to the individual about uh, how we can be uh, more directional in, in, in this, uh, this conversation we're talking about? Thanks, Matt. Yes, um, it's so important to understand that when we're talking about impacting our world or society, it really has three dimensions to it. Uh, it's the missional community, the church, the church that recognizes it has to become more postured to engage their world, building bridges and not walls, and, mm. and asking the question, how can we be present within our community? Also then the missional ecosystem, which is taking hands with the other kingdom agencies in our context. But really, in essence, the power of this process is with the missional individual. This is when an individual life gets this understanding that I represent the kingdom of God mm. every day of my life. You know what's very interesting? They've just done research. The Barna Institute in the USA has just done research, and they have found that only 28% of Christians in the USA know that they need to connect Sunday's faith with Monday's life. Wow. So it's amazing to think that 72% of the Christian population in the USA, now, of course, that's the American, <laughs> but it's, it might be true close in many other regions in the world, do not know how to connect their faith with their everyday life. And so we get this dualism. We get this sense of separation where, you know, I'm a spiritual giant uh, on Sunday, but on Monday, mm. I'm a Monday morning atheist. I, I, I don't know how to translate kingdom life into that particular space. And so we've asked the question, what would it look like if we started to disciple our people to better understand their calling? Mm. To better understand what does it mean for me to be engaged every day of the week as a Christ follower. In essence, being commissioned, sent, released into that space, whether it's a classroom or a boardroom or whatever room you find yourself in, that you recognize you are now entering that space in a different frame of mind. Mm. Uh, you know, where every other teacher now goes to class thinking I have to endure another 40 minutes of these breaths, you actually now go as a commissioned one, as one that says, you know what, I recognize that they are difficult, that they have challenges, and that they might challenge me, but I'm going to enter that environment recognizing the value of every individual, recognizing that I can now go and bring love and hope to these kids in a totally different way, without necessarily having to quote scripture, without necessarily having to mention the name of Jesus. I can represent the kingdom of God as a faithful presence. Mm. And that classroom now becomes my my garden. I, I now guard and tend it. It's, it. I'm now the Adam of God in that space. Mm. And uh, asking the question, how can I truly affect uh, my world? Uh, it's amazing when Jesus sends his disciples, he, sends, he says, I'm sending you as lambs amongst wolves. 
You know, if I think about that, if I was a disciple, I might have raised my hand and said, <laughs> Jesus, can't we rather go as wolves amongst lambs? It just feels like we have more control. Yeah. But it was really Jesus teaching them that you're going in the power of the opposite spirit. You're entering as a representative of kingdom life. Mm. Uh, where there's self-centeredness, you come to lay your life down. Where there's greed, you come with generosity. Where there's anger and hatred, you come with forgiveness and love. Uh, we come in the power of the opposite spirit. We represent another kingdom. And until we understand that, too many times Christians want to enter into the world with the same attitude, just with three scriptures, thinking that, you know, we have this triumphalist idea we're going to take over or we're going to tell them how to do it instead of representing mm. the kingdom life within that environment. Mm. And so for that, we have a whole discipling framework uh, that we suggest people consider as they, as they take people on this journey to engage their world. Well, this is inspirational. We're hearing from Pastor Alan Platt from City Changes and uh, talking about not just being a Christian on Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of the week, being incarnational, uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus, being salt and light wherever we go. If you want to join the conversation, call through now, 1-800-316-316. We've got Cole from Parks in New South Wales. How are you, Cole? Really well, thanks. How are you going today? Very good. How can we help? Uh, I'd just love to hear uh, uh, a story or two from these guys because uh, there's a lot in this world these days that's trying to divide people into camps to be uh, opposing each other on uh, on different views across the spectrum of uh, things that hit the news space. And I'd just love to hear uh, a story or two about uh, how God's been bringing unity with groups that maybe you wouldn't, uh, the world wouldn't expect to work together. Uh, I just want to hear what God's doing in that space. Good question. Well, you know, um, just to say for many uh, Christian leaders, just the fact that they come together around a table many times uh, to sit across somebody from another denominational, they feel that this must be the the, the final reference. You know, <laughs> Jesus can come now. Uh, just because I, I've sat across the table with a Pentecostal or with a Presbyterian or, you know, whoever. But we've said this many times. It's not just unity. It's unity for mission. Yeah, that's good. We have to understand that God wants us to come together to to make a difference in terms of our our world. What was amazing for us actually in the Florida context because the church had taken such a beating, was a very high profile leader, the media got hold of that and of course uh, the the communication out there was so negative about the the church. And then we started bringing these leaders together and uh, amazingly, it was another crisis that positioned the church to have a positive voice within the community. And it was a shooting incident that happened at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Uh, somebody pulled out a gun, shot a few people, and we heard of that. And because we were networked with these leaders, we um, sent a quick message to them and they were some of the first responders. These leaders were showing up with water and snacks and started just to serve the people because it was chaos. It was confusion. And as we were doing that, one of the pastors asked the question and said, what more can we do? Is there something we can do together? 
that would make a difference. And um, one of them came up with the idea and said, why don't we pay for all the hospital bills? Uh, not knowing what that would cost. Uh, but they made this statement and um, we said, well, maybe, maybe that's a great idea. Let's find out. And so we did. We went through the channels, found out that it would be about 30,000 U.S. dollars to pay for everything for what had happened. That was the Thursday. Well, we went back to our constituencies. That Sunday, they took up offerings. We came back with $60,000. Wow. And we went to the authorities and said, you know, what else can we do? We'll pay for all of this. And what else can we do um, to bless the community? And they said, well, some of these people have family that need to fly in, you know. And so we started covering those expenses. And it was amazing because then the media picked up on this. And this is what happened on the – on the front page of the Miami Herald, a new statement over the church was made. The church shows up. Mm, amen. And it was such a redemptive moment. Mm. Now suddenly the church was championed because there was this engagement as a communal force. Little did we know that not long after that there will be another shooting at one of the schools. Uh-huh. The biggest tragedy in school shootings in the USA, Parkland, is in that region. Mm. And again, the church was the first responders. It happened the afternoon. The next morning, we had the prayer vigil. And this is what was really amazing. A thousand people showed up at that prayer vigil. The governor was there. The head of the educational system was there. This was 18 hours after the shooting. And here's what happened. 18 leaders all were on stage. Nobody was introduced. Every one of them came forward, read a scripture, and prayed to a particular area of challenge and need. And one by one, every church leader stood up from different Varied, very, very extreme, varied uh, church representatives, nobody introducing them. The church Mm. represented within that community, the first to bring healing and speak hope and be connected to that crisis. That moment gave us the opportunity to even to this day now have access to serve and bless and be representative as the church, not a church, the church, the church capital C, in that community. Mm. So there are so many of those stories that we can can share of just amazing things that have happened. Love these stories. Thank you so much for your call, Cole. And we've got Libby from Adelaide, South Australia. Hey, if you do want to call through, phone lines are open now, 1-800-316-316. Hey, Libby, how can we help? Um, well, it would be great if all the churches could get together. I think every single Christian, that would be their heart's delight. But uh, I do have a query. If all churches, all peoples, all congregations did get together, you'd think that we'd be able to use the Ten Commandments as the umbrella under which we all stood together. If in so doing, which Ten Commandments do we keep? There you go. Good question. Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we um, obviously, as as churches coming together around the table, um, ask the question. So, you know, what is the basic fundamental mm. commitment that we all commit to? And and we made a decision at that stage in the Florida context to use the Luzon 
uh, covenant. Ah. That was a, a a bringing together of churches. Uh, you know, in in those days, it was instrum- Billy Graham and Stockton. These guys were instrumental to bring the churches together to ask the question: What is the mission of the church? Mm. And so we're not coming together to position ourselves with dogmatic unity. We're coming to position ourselves with missional unity. Asking the question, what can we do to affect the lostness of our city, the pain of our city, and the brokenness of our city? We're not trying to mess with what what do you believe and interpret and how do you interpret and which commandments or whatever that might be. That's what you do when you get into your own tribal environment, right? That's when you come together as a denomination or as a, a, a group uh, that kind of clustered together. Uh, this is not the platform for that. As a matter of fact, we say to people, don't bring that to the table. Yeah, we're not going to discuss that there. Mm. That's not why we're coming together. We're coming together to ask, how can we together see more people saved? Mm. And here's what's amazing. When you get a common vision. Uh, actually, in, in Florida, we've now committed uh, to move the Christian quotient, which Barna actually, after its re- research, showed us was only 3%. Mm. We've said, what if we could in five years get committed Christians from 3% to 6%? And everybody's now rallied around that. But now the Presbyterians are looking at their strategy and some of the Baptists are looking at their strategy and the Pentecostals are looking at how they will do it. And some of them work together on certain levels. But here's what's fascinating. We're all coming together to celebrate one vision. But the way that we do it, we're not trying to mess with that. We're not trying to tell you how to do that. That's been the problem all along is we want to have everybody do it the way we think is right. We don't want to do that. That's not going to be unity. That's, that's uniformity. And, and, and so we speak about Christian unity, which is unity for mission. How can we change that which is pain in our city? Uh, touch the hurt of our city. Surely we can do that together without getting all strung out about what do you believe and what do I believe and why do we, you know, and divide ourselves once again because of our interpretations of certain things. And so this has been extremely helpful. We now have people around the table from every denominational framework because we're not pushing it to the dogmatic space but to the missional space. Mm, Absolutely. Well, we're hearing from Pastor Alan Platt from City Changes International. If you'd like to call through, you can call on 1-800-316-316. And uh, we've also got Pastor Carl Botha with me here, who's from uh, City Changes Australasia. And Carl, I just wanted to ask you a bit about the information if people wanted to come and hear Pastor Alan speak. Whereabouts uh, can they catch him while he's in Australia? Yes. On Friday evening at 7 o'clock at the Arana Hills Church of Christ. Mm -hmm. And you can uh, register uh, if you want to come at TryBooking, www.trybooking.com. And the code is 558693. I repeat, 558693. And you can book your place and come and have a conversation, a dialogue Mm. on this concept of being a city changer. And tell us a bit about, uh, is this the start of something for City Changes? What's your vision for City Changes here in Australia? Yes. 
So uh, Clinton Montgomery, who is with me, will take responsibility for the city to coordinate with other leaders to see what we can do. Also in other cities, uh, in Auckland, New Zealand, Perth, uh, also in uh, Melbourne, we have uh, leaders who are helping us with this process. So it's my, my privilege to work with these guys and just to see the process that Alan spoke of to, to implement that. But bringing leaders together in a conversation because we're still learning as well. Mm. And we're learning about the Australian culture and how it can help us to better understand each other. So it's an exciting journey and uh, we're so thankful for it. Alan, just want to say something? Yeah, I think what is important here to, to know is City Changes does not come to run anything in a city. Yeah. We come to help what yes. is already being established. So yeah. we find the unity movement, and then we say, can we help be an intel chip mm. into what's busy happening? Mm. Churches that want to become more missional, we say, how can we help you? So we don't come to establish a new movement or something in a city. We actually just come to help what is existing within the context of a city. Mm, wonderful. Now, we also mentioned your books before. Uh, if people do want to get a hold of them, Pastor Alan, what's the best way to, to find these books of yours? Well, I think any good bookstore, <laughs> <laughs> of which you would know which are the ones here in your region. Yeah, so it, it is available at uh, Kurong Christian Bookstore in Australia or Amazon, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, one of them is called City Changes. Uh, is that the recent one? That is the most recent one. It's called City Changes. And then if you're interested in the other book called Not Do But Done, uh, you can go onto the City Changes website and uh, you can find it there. There will be, Carl will be the agent to distribute that mm -hmm. in, in Australia. Yeah. Wonderful. Fantastic. Now, just before we go, I always like to ask our guests to share the good news of the gospel. We've been talking about the gospel a lot and uh, the importance of churches getting around the gospel. But, you know, there might be people listening now that have never actually heard the gospel. Would you share with our right. listeners what is the gospel and how do they respond? Well, you know, the gospel is good news. And uh, good news is only good news if it's good news. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we so focus on the bad news that we miss the essence of the good news. But it's also true that good news is only good news if it includes you. Mm. You know, a friend of mine recently phoned me and said, Alan, I have good news. I said, to share that with me. He said, well, they found gold on my farm. I said, well, that's good news for you, unless <laughs> you were thinking of including me. <laughs> and here's the thing. You have to discover yourself in the good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ came to pay a price to include you so that you could reposition your life in this tremendous understanding of victory in this life. Um, you know, I, I, I recently was invited here in Melbourne to a footy, footy game. And uh, it was an amazing experience because I don't know footy. And, and they had these two teams, the Saints playing, could you believe it, the Demons. And they asked me who I'd support, and it was pretty simple. <laughs> but I was, because I didn't understand the game, I was watching the fans. And it's amazing what happens to a fan when their team wins. Something happens to them. It, it changes the way they feel, changes the way they speak, changes the way they engage. Um, something happens to them. If you ask them who won, they would say, we won. 
Say, what do you mean we won? You did nothing. Say, no, no, when my team wins, I win. Well, here's the good news. 2,000 years ago, a victory was established where Jesus Christ paid the price to set us free from guilt and shame. And you were included in that reference. His victory is your victory. His triumph is your triumph. Because he won, you win. The good news is to discover your inclusion in that victory of 2,000 years ago where the damage of Adam in which you were included is now addressed by the victory of Jesus Christ. That is such good news. And we're hearing from Pastor Alan Platt from City Changes International. And once again, if you want to find out more about City Changes, uh, is there an, an Australian website people can go to if they want to find out more? Uh, uh, Pastor Carol, while we've got you. Yes, uh, citychanger.org. Mm-hmm. Citychanger.org is yep. the best website to go to. Yes. And, you know, maybe you've just heard that message and you want to respond and get your life right with Christ, you know. We've got a prayer line that is available, one 800 That's one 800 Our prayer team would love to pray with you. We could send you an information about following Jesus. Uh, and uh, if you need a Bible and uh, some follow-up, a follow-up pack, a new Christian's pack, we'd be happy to send you one as well. Uh, they'd love to pray with you. Once again, that number is 1-800-772-936. Well, it's almost time to go to Focus on the Family, but I really just want to say thank you so much, Pastor Alan, Pastor Carol, and Pastor Clinton for joining us in the studio. Uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you it was so a much. delight. Yes, wonderful. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.